Thanks for being here. Uh, my name's Chris. I have the privilege of uh, leading our campus in the, uh, in the Fox Valley area, and it really is a privilege. And uh, it's fun to come to Green Bay, though. It really is. It's fun to come and hang out with you all. If we haven't had a chance to, to meet each other, uh, hello, by the way. And uh, good, to, good to see you, maybe for the first time. Maybe we've had a chance, uh, been able to be here a number of different times over the last 18, 19 months and, and meet some of you and, and had an opportunity to share God's word. But it is a privilege tonight as we're kind of right here in the middle of our Lenten season. And uh, I want to welcome those of you that are tuning in online and, of course, uh, our Fox Valley family. They're not tuning in with us, but they are gathering with, uh, with, uh, together as a church family and uh, they uh, bring their love as, as well from the Fox Valley. So uh, we're just gonna open up God's word for a few moments here, and I know we have some time later on. We're gonna gather in fellowship around soup, but uh, let's, let's, just, let's just dive in. Maybe, maybe you're familiar with, um, with Greek mythology. Any Greek mythology fans? Probably not, right? But, or or maybe, you saw, maybe you saw the, the Brad Pitt movie, Troy. And... Uh, then you probably, if you saw that movie, you remember this guy by the name of Achilles, who was like the, the most like, dominant warrior for the Greeks. Like, like he was just plain beast mode. Like he was, he was unbeatable, really. Like you could hit him anywhere on his, uh, on his body and he could literally take it. He could, he could withstand it. But there was, there was one place on Achilles' body that, that he had a weakness, and as legend has it, when he was a small boy, his mom was uh, dipping him into this, this water that gave him kind of this, this supernatural ability. But when she did that, she was kind of holding him by his heel. You can kind of get a picture of it. So his heel didn't make it all the way into the, into the water. Now, as Achilles grows older, he, like I said, he's just like this beast mode of a, of a, of a warrior. But there's, there's one small piece on his body that literally is, is his weakness. And if you strike him there, it would ultimately be to, to his, his demise. And that's exactly what happened, in fact. In fact, in the, in the, in the Trojan War, there was a, a warrior by the name of, of Paris who sort of, sort of like launches this, this single arrow into the air and it, it strikes Achilles on his heel. And it just completely like takes him down and it, it destroys him. Now, I'm sure that you know, many of you likely are aware of the, of the fact that, that this, this term Achilles is also used to refer to kind of that, that tendon that runs along the, the backside of, of our heel, right? And an Achilles injury can be super, super painful and, and, and incredibly difficult to, to rehab from. Like some of you might remember in 2013, Kobe Bryant ruptured his Achilles tendon. It took him like eight, eight months to, to sort of rehab it. And then again in 2019, Kevin Durant ruptured his in, in game five of, of, uh, against the Toronto Raptors. And many would say, listen, many would say of, of, of any professional athlete at that, at that level, like if they, if they rupture their Achilles tendon, the odds, they're not very good that they're gonna come back and, and perform at the same level that they did prior to the, to the injury. So, so, so whether, whether it comes to, to, to Greek mythology or an actual Achilles injury, the, 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 the term Achilles heel is often used to, to sort of, to, it's used as a, as a metaphor 
to describe maybe this, this vulnerability or, or, a, or a weakness that we might have of some kind in, in our character. And just like the, the, the Greek mythology or, or, the, or the injury, who would have thought something so small could, could bring somebody down? So, when it comes to our character, the season of Lent that we're in right now, it sort of, it sort of propels us to do an inventory of our, of our character, doesn't it? it it propels us to do some inventory of our, of our behaviors and our actions and, and, our, and our attitudes. Now, I bet if we went around the room, we probably would, uh, and if we did some inventory stuff, we probably would find a bunch of really strong character traits, right? I know we have some here tonight, right? Some real strong character traits. But here's the thing. We often fail to focus on, and what I, what I, what I love about the season of, of Lent like, do we ever say, like, where can I be taken down? Like, where can I be literally taken out? Like, what, what's, the, what's the, the small sort of, sort of understated thing that I'm not, that I'm not paying attention to? Like, like, maybe it's the thing that, that if I don't get a handle on it, it could literally bring my marriage down. Like, like it could bring my, my relationships down. It maybe could ruin my career or, or my reputation. It could actually be the thing that, 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 that actually distances us from, from God. Like, what is that thing? And, and the thing is, it happens all the time, doesn't it? Like, have you ever been, you ever been shocked to, to hear about people who, who maybe like made a, made a bad decision or maybe they got caught or or, or they kind of had this double life going on and something, something was exposed and it sort of eventually came to the surface and you're kind of like, what's up with that? Like, what happened there? And if you really knew the, the full story, you'd, you'd recognize that, that most often it was, it was their Achilles heel. You know what I mean? Like there was this, this part of their character that was sort of going unchecked for, for far too long. Sort of, sort of, and eventually it, it, it kind of caught up with them. Now, here's the deal. It, it's, it's, it's easy to sort of like sit in judgment in those moments, you know, of other people when that happens. But, but can we be honest? We're all vulnerable, right? Right? And, and like every single one of us has, has an Achilles heel, so to speak, that we need to sort of keep an eye on and, and keep in check. And that's what I love about the, the Lenten season. It sort of pushes us toward that. And at the time, man, maybe we think, well, it's small. It doesn't seem like it's, like it's a big deal, but it could ultimately take, take us down. And did you know that, that, that God's word, it, it not only tells us what this, this Achilles heel is, but it warns us over and over and over again to sort of keep, a, to keep an eye on it. And it, it's, it manifests itself in all kinds of different ways of our, in our lives, but, but I'd like to suggest tonight that the root of it is all the same. Now, before I tell you what it is, let me, let me just give you a few kind of descriptions of, of what this Achilles heel does in our lives. Just so you can see if, if you know what we're talking about tonight. It's, it's the thing that, that, that keeps us from celebrating the success of other people. You know what I mean? It's, it's the thing that, that, that keeps us from admitting that we struggle and that we're never gonna let people see the real us. It, it, it's, it's the thing that, that sort of keeps us from, from asking questions because we, we think we already know 
the answer, right? It, it keeps us from, from admitting that we're wrong even when we, when we know we're wrong. It maybe causes you to, to write somebody off and, and hold a grudge because they offended you and, 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 and maybe they didn't even know that, that they offended you. It's, it's the thing that, that causes you to maybe shade the truth about your past or to talk maybe too much about yourself or, or to exaggerate your accomplishments. Do you know what I'm talking about tonight? It's pride. Pride. Pride is our Achilles heel. Now, the thing about pride is that it manifests itself in all different kinds of ways in our life. But like I said, the root of it is, 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 this, is all the same. And it can take us out. Let me, let me just help you. Let me just describe just a couple things that, that, that the Bible says about, about pride. It says in Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. So, so, so before anything is destroyed, before, before something falls or, or, or crumbles, most often you'll find pride. But actually God has something even much more stronger to say about pride in chapter eight of Proverbs, verse 13. It says, I hate pride and arrogance. You see, I want you to understand something tonight. God, God doesn't hate anyone, but he hates the pride that's in everyone. And it's in all of us, right? Can we be honest? Like, like it's, it's in all, it, it's sneaky, isn't it? It's, it's sinister. It's, 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 it's like, it's, 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 but sometimes we don't recognize it as pride, do we? But God hates it. Like, I don't know, maybe you're here tonight and, and you hear that and, and you read that verse or maybe you heard someone say that before and it may even surprise you a little bit. Like, 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 right, like out of all the things that God could hate, like pride, really? Like pride? Like I could understand like God hating things like lying and murder and abuse and, and, and racism, right? Like those are all really bad things. Like we can all agree that, that, that God should hate those, but, but pride, really? What's so bad about pride? Like what's wrong with, with, with pride? But God says he hates pride in our lives. Why is that? Well, man, if you look, if you look at, at any marriage that doesn't make it and you trace it back to the, to, the, to the root of it, and you're gonna see probably all kinds of different issues going on, but, but at the root of those issues, you're probably gonna find pride, right? Like if you look at friendships that sort of break up in some, some destructive ways, if you, if you trace it all the way back far enough, most of the time you're gonna find pride there. Like pride actually holds us back from having an accurate understanding of who we are. Whether you think too highly of yourself or too lowly of yourself. It can actually block us from living out God's purposes and his plans for our life. Pride will, will, will keep us from asking for help when we really need help. And some of us have been there and it hasn't ended well, has it? No, I get it, man. You, you might be here tonight and you got a lot of different questions going on about pride and, 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 and one of those questions, I even, I even alluded to it earlier. Like you might be sitting there like, what's wrong with pride, right? Like, like maybe you even thought pride was a good thing, you know? Because you, you've maybe equated pride with like, like self-confidence, right? Like, like, why shouldn't I believe in myself, you know? Like if I don't believe in myself, who else will? 
And this is where I think a definition of pride tonight will, will help us. Pride is simply having an excessively high opinion or preoccupi- preoccupation with your own importance, achievements, status, or position. Now, th- this can also go the other way, this, this, this preoccupation with, with self. It actually can look a little bit like, like humility, you know what I mean? Like it can actually be one of those things where we're not really honest about our gifts and our, and our talents, and we sort of do this you know, self-image management game, and, and, and we're not really honest with, with who we are. Like those are our insecurities, aren't they? And I'd like to suggest tonight that insecurities are still re- rooted in a, in, a, in a preoccupation with, with self. Now, here's, here's, a, here's a question I, I have for you tonight. Do any of you know this person I'm describing tonight? Don't point to him right now, please. Don't do that. But do, do any, any of you work for this person or maybe you're related by marriage to this person? I don't know. <laughs> sure, we all, we all know this person and this might be a tough topic for some of us, but here's the more critical question tonight. Are you this person? And unless, and unless you're really self-aware and like brutally honest, chances are not too many of us are going to raise our hand right now. But here's the thing about pride, at least what I've learned. We can easily spot it in other people, but we rarely often see it in ourselves. The reason why is that pride is, pride is blinding, I think. In fact, there's this little verse in the Old Testament, the book of Ob- Obadiah, it says, you have been deceived by your own pride. Pride can be, be deceptive. In other words, like what, what keeps you and me from seeing the pride in our lives is actually the pride in our lives. And if you say, man, I don't think I have a problem with pride, it's, it's likely that it's pride that's causing you to say that. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, he says, he says this, there is one vice of which no man in the world is free, a vice which everyone in the world loathes when they see it in someone else, and of which hardly any people ever imagine that they are guilty of themselves. That is pride. So there's two things that we sort of hold in tension here. That, that, that we're created intentionally by God and, and he has a plan and a purpose for our life and our life has, has infinite value, right? Like there's, there's, there's nobody like you. And yet, at the exact same time, we live in a really, really big world and we are not the center of that world. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of people on planet Earth. This life that we live is, is not just a movie with everyone else's, like the supporting cast and characters in our lives. We're, we're, holding, we're holding these two tensions in our life. We recognize how, how small we are and how valuable we are at the exact same time. Now, I get it, man. You, you might be here tonight and, or you're tuning in online and 
You might think, man, I'm, I'm really not sure that this message on pride is like at the top of my, 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 my list of the problems that I face in my life right now. You might be like, man, Chris, I'm, I'm struggling with my own self-worth and my own insecurity, my, my self-doubt and my, my, my fears. So, so why are we talking about pride? Well, I guess I'd like to suggest tonight that, that pride, most of the time, isn't just about you thinking more highly of yourself than you should. Pride is just thinking too much about you. And both of those paths lead to the exact same thing. Like what God desires for us to do is for us to stop thinking so much about what other people think of us or what they imagine they think of us. And he actually wants you to begin to hear what it is that he has to say to you about you so that you can, you can add value and make a difference to the, to the world around you. So here's, here's the question tonight. What do, what do we do with this? Like, what do, we, what do we do to heal our Achilles heel? Like, how do we rehab this back to, to, to health if we found ourselves tonight checking our heart and recognizing, man, I, I got some work to do in this area. Well, I'd like to suggest tonight that the antidote to pride is humility. Humility. But, but I think we need to understand what humility is. Humility isn't sort of this, this, this self-deprecation thing like, oh man, I'm such a loser, right? No, no, no. That's, that's, not, that's not humility. No, nor, is it, nor is it false humility, right? That, 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 that the, the things that we try to manage our, our self-image with, like half-truths and, and, and manipulation, that, that false humility. Man, if we had time tonight to look at the life of, of King Saul, man, you'd know, you'd know what I'm talking about. Like, feel free to read it this, this week. First Samuel, maybe chapters eight to, to 15. Man, you're gonna, you're gonna see some pride in the form of false humility on display in his life and ultimately to, to his demise. But what I want you to realize tonight is, is this. Humility is, is understanding very clearly who God says you are and what he's made you to be. James 4.10 says this, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So we humble ourselves before God, then he'll lift us up. But sometimes when we fall into the trap of, of wanting to lift ourselves up, man, that's, that's when we can be taken down. In fact, maybe you've heard the phrase before. I think C.S. Lewis said it as well. He, he said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but what? But thinking of yourself less. And Jesus, he, he was the perfect example and demonstration of this. Because Jesus, man, he was, he was God in, in, in the flesh. Like if, if anybody had, had bragging rights, it would, it would be Jesus, right? Like he did some crazy, amazing things. Like he did, he did miracles. He, he literally changed people's lives. Like you don't see any insecurity in Jesus, but you also don't see any arrogance in Jesus. He seemed to manage that tension really well. And he did it because he did it because he knew who he was. He's like, God the Father has sent me, and I know why I'm here. 
He actually leveraged his gifts and his strengths for the, for the good of other people, man. You can read it all throughout the gospels. Like he was adding value to people's lives, both in the immediate and in the long term, right? So when Jesus would do these, these miracles, like what you would see in these moments is like a perfect example of, of humility. Like check it out. One time, one time Jesus, he healed a a blind man, maybe you know the story, right? By, by spitting in the dirt and making some mud and, and smearing it on the, on the guy's eyes, right? It's, it's a really cool example of humility because I'm thinking, man, he didn't have to do that, right? Like he could have just like, bam, healed the guy, right? No, Jesus like hocked a loogie in the dirt and he made some mud. That's, that's an epic move. It's like, look at me. But afterwards, though, he, he, he's, he's not like self-deprecating. He's, he's not like, well, anyone could have done that. It's just beginner's luck. No, no. That, that. Jesus, he didn't do that. He knew exactly who he was and what he had done. And that's what he's calling you and me to do. That's why we need to take advantage of this Lenten season and we need to spend some extended time in God's word and, and, and with God and practicing our, our spirituality and our Christian faith so we can hear very clearly what God says about us and, and, and who we are. Because, man, if we've got our ears tuned to all the noise all around the world, man, we're going to lose our identity faster than anything. So our ultimate example of humility the way that we rehab our Achilles heel called pride back to wholeness is found in Jesus himself. So I wanna finish our time here by, by reading this, this incredible example of Jesus's humility that we are to model in our own lives. It's from the book of Philippians chapter two. And I'm gonna read one through 11 to end our time together. Listen to this beautiful example of our Savior. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that on the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Guys, imagine if we could live that out, how different our world might be right now. We're not, we're not looking just to our own interests, but also to the interest of others. Man, that, that's the reason we're still talking about this guy 2,000 years later. Like he was God in the flesh and he, and he laid it down. 
He had come to serve, not to be served. And that, that's our antidote to our Achilles heel. It's, it's to take the focus off of ourselves, whether, whether we think too highly of ourselves or, or chances are most likely we're thinking too less of ourselves. So we take our eyes off of ourselves and onto God. We say, God, who have you created me to be? Who have you called me to be? Who have you said that I am? Then it's with that understanding we can seek to make a difference in the lives of other people around us. Come on, we're, we're difference makers, right? And the only way that we can make a difference is when we have a, a right-sized understanding of, of our identity, our value, our worth. And the only way we find that is through our Heavenly Father, right? Can I pray for us? Heavenly Father, I know that tonight a message like this can feel a little heavy, maybe a little tough to hear. But God, in the honesty of this moment, we, we recognize that we all have it in one way, shape, or form. Our sinful nature many times gets the best of us, and that's, God, why we, in, we, we enter into this special season where we recognize our need for our Savior. So, God, I pray for every single one of my friends in this place as they take this short message God, I pray that we would um, continue to do some rehab in our life. Whatever that might look like, God. God, put the right people in our path to continue this conversation going. God, in our quiet time, in the still moments, God, speak to us clearly, God, the areas of our life that have gone unchecked before it takes us out, oh God. God, thank you above all for Jesus who gave us an incredible example of humility, who walked in who he was, God. And God, thank you that we have the opportunity to the best of our ability, follow your son Jesus as a disciple. So God, we choose to put the work in, to rehab in our lives, to find wholeness and healing. God, I pray for that, God. The rest of this week, God. God, bless these, your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. We're gonna take some time and enjoy some fellowship out in the, uh, the lobby. Just one, just one quick announcement before uh, you, are, you are dismissed. Uh, if you do have kids here, uh, elementary age kids or, or uh, preschool or, or, or babies here, why don't you go and pick up your kids before you uh, make your way um, to, the, uh, to the soup. And you can leave the students right where they're at, they're all good. Thanks for letting me hang out with you guys tonight. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Thanks, thanks for being here.